The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. So you're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I tell you what matters. Let me give a shout out to the boys, K. Lou and the boys. You, know, you heard them. They just got finished locking it down a few minutes ago, doing a great job on this show. Uh, you know, glad to have the guys a part of the network, give you that insight, that perspective that only a player can give, you know. I know they're rooting hard for the 49ers out there, and I, I'm, I'm rooting hard for the 49ers out there, too. I, I'd like to see what the 49ers can get done this year. Uh, my man Randy uh, Moss, you know, man, you know, Randy holding it down for the fellas, you know. For the fellas with a little bit of age, a little bit of gray here and there, you know, Randy holding it down. Ucho tried, but, you know, Chad is gone. Don't know what's going to happen with him. And, uh, and like they said, you know, T.O. had a chance to. You know, show everybody what it can still take it over the top. Still got a little bit of speed there, uh, but just didn't make it happen. You know, but T.O.'s been known to drop a few passes. We know that. So uh, I'll I tell you who has uh, uh, who has not dropped a thing in terms of uh, who they are and, and, and how we should respect them because they haven't dropped a thing. They haven't done a damn thing wrong. But I'd like to know, you know, why is it that the Giants, the Giants is – do the Giants happen to be the most disrespected team in the National Football League? I mean, they are the reigning Super Bowl champions. And we can't, the Giants can't get any airtime. They can't be the subject of any discussion in terms of who possibly is going to win. When you look at the NFC East, I think, you know, until Mike got hurt a couple times here, it's already been handed over to the Philadelphia Eagles or the Dallas Cowboys. But the New York Giants, until they start playing around and horsing around and fellas just doing what fellas do in the locker room, having fun, and a damn punter, kicker, whatever you want to call him, wants to post it. That's why we don't have no respect for kickers. Come on, man. Why are you going to post something like that up on Facebook or wherever you put social media, period? What you going to do that for? That's the locker room. And, you know, maybe... You know, some parents may look at the league, may look at it like it's an extended version of hazing and it's it's over the top. It's too much. But that's the locker room. You know, you don't take things out the locker room. That is the most sacred place of any sports team. I don't care if it's male or female. What happens in a locker room? You can't even go in a locker room. People stand outside. If you ever get a chance to go into a professional locker room or a high school locker room or a college locker room, you know, it's one of those things where you stand out there, you stand outside and you just watch people as they come out. 
you try to get a peek in so you can look in and see what's going on in there. I, you know, I never really stopped to think about how much I really, really, really miss the, the locker room. The locker room is a, it's a, it's a serious, sacred, you know, environment that you just don't expect. You can't replicate that in any other form or fashion. There's nothing else like it. There's, there's no, nobody else that I've ever been around anything or anybody else to describe something and say truthfully that man, it's, it's like, it's like being in the locker room. Nothing like being in the locker room. Nothing. And so what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. What happens in the locker room? I mean, the reporters get a chance to come in. And to interview people, and that is, you know, that's kind of a, you know, a give and take if you like it or if you don't like it, if you want them or you don't want them. You know, sometimes you feel good about the fact that the media has been invited into the locker room. Because, you know, the media only gets permission to come into the locker room at a certain time. And even the media personalities, those people understand that they really you know, have crossed the line. That they're they're outside of their comfort zone. You know, the locker room is the locker room can be very intimidating for a person who is not a part of that fraternity to walk in. Why is it that you always hear these guys? Think about it. You always hear these little nerfs, if you will, you know, talking about, you know, their sources. The sources are the locker room. You know, what what do you, you know, even the people that are upstairs in the administrative parts of the football team, that's separate from the locker room. They have their own fraternity and sorority up there. You know, it's like, you know, they're up, you know, they're upstairs and you identify them as, you know, folks upstairs. You know, you got to go upstairs, man. I don't want to go upstairs. What I, I know I don't want to go upstairs. You don't want to tread into their territory. They don't want to tread into your territory. And then you have the media. See, the media can, the media can build you up, but they can tear you down. They can make you look good and they can make you look bad. They can make you sound good. They can make you sound bad. They can say everything, they can play everything you said, or they could just play a portion of what you said. And we already know what can happen when that happens because, you know, just like the young man who's, uh, you know, from the Saints is saying now that, of course, that uh, ESPN, HBO, one of them only, you know, they cut a little clip here and there. And then when they put out what he said, it didn't sound like what he said because he left a portion of it out. So when you, this whole locker room thing, when you get that's what happens. See, when you get inside the locker room. And you take what's inside the locker room and you take it outside the locker room. If you can't take the entire experience outside of the locker room and illustrate it, then it's going to be misconstrued. And and somebody's going to look at it from a different perspective than the way it really was. You Because you didn't get it all. You didn't see it all. You don't understand it all. And the only people that really understand it are those that are involved in it. And if you're if you're not, don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. I mean, if you really think about it, with the exception of you know a couple years ago, basketball player, you know they're doing some things in the locker room. But most of the times, the locker room is never a place where anything negative is really reported from happening inside of a locker room. 
it just it just doesn't happen. And so for for the Giants of all teams, the the Super Bowl champions, do you have to be concerned about the fact that perhaps maybe this is has tarnished the brand? And perhaps now to be concerned about, hmm, let us think about this now. Would this be considered bullying? And this is, is this sending the wrong message to our youth? Hmm, think about, we gotta think about this now. We gotta be concerned about this now. No, you don't have to be concerned about that. You know what you gotta be concerned about? People shooting in each other in the parking lots. That's what you gotta be concerned about. You know, you, you wanna cover that up. But you want to talk about guys in the locker room. You don't want to talk about the Raiders and the Cardinals and a person in the parking lot getting shot in the face. You don't want to talk about that. You want to shut that down. But you want to talk about guys horsing around in the locker room. Now, somebody's got something mixed up there. You know, the Super Bowl champions, you want to make them look bad because they're having fun in their locker room. And then you got the Raiders out. Listen, the Raiders fans, if, if, if it's fans of the Raiders, listen, that whatever that is, that you, that bravado, you got, go, that's over with. That's done. You, you, you're not even the Raiders that you used to be. But certainly, listen, it's the image of the team. It's the brand of the team. If the Washington Bullets can change their name and become the Washington Wizards, you know, let's get rid of that. Whatever you think you got going on that you got to be, you know, you got to shoot people. You got to, you know, what's happening with the Raiders? Come on. Somebody from the Raiders needs to step up and say, we've had enough. That's not what we represent. And also what we do represent, we represent that on the football field. If we're supposed to be mean, nasty and dark, there's a dark side to us. We'll reveal that for you on the football field. Now, I've even had a discussion with, you know, one of my colleagues here in the office, and we've, we've talked about the fact that, you know, does a person actually have the right to go to a game and, you know, just act out, just act as if he has or she has no control of themselves to lose complete control all in the name of sports, being a a fanatic. That's what fans are. Being fanatical about this team. But there's gotta be some self-control. You're going too far. And, and the league needs to stop and think about this a little bit. Yeah, we're concerned about our brand. But do we wanna be more concerned about guys horsing around in the locker room? Or are we gonna be concerned about people getting shot in the parking lot? And I understand the fact that, okay, we don't want to talk about that too much because perhaps maybe people don't want to come to football games. Well, do you think you're going to lose some fans if you talk about the fact that guys are horsing around in the locker room and maybe you want to, you want to, you know, interpret that to be bullying? Which one's more important to you? I'll tell you what, I think it's more important that you get a hold of the Raiders team and you pull them all in. And you pull all the fans in and you, you give those fans one and done. Anything that we see that's outside the scope of being what we consider a fanatic of this team, one and done. Can't come to the stadium, anywhere near the stadium, you're arrested. You know, you got to come up with something because these people do not represent what sports is about. 
Sports is about sportsmanship. You give it your best. You do your all. When the game is over, you shake hands. I don't care if you're playing against your brother or your father. Can't play against your mother, not in the National Football League, but in sports period. I don't care who you're playing against. It's about sportsmanship, and that carries over into the fans. You know, you even got to stop, you know, everybody's mad around our test, but that's because you got to control that. Don't let the fans have so much leeway that they can do whatever they want to. They're just, they pay for a ticket. No, that's the problem. You need to get a hold of your fans and make them understand, even within the realm of being a fan, you've got to have some self-discipline. Because now you're, the image of the, what you're portraying, See, that right there is not what we want that little kid that's 10 years old to one day grow up because he's going to be twice as bad as you are because things just happen like that. Kids take things to the extreme when it's their turn to be an adult. So we're going to think about that. The Giants, come on. These are the, these are, these are the world champion Giants. Let's give them more respect than let's try to tear them down because they're in the locker room horsing around. And then somebody gets shot in the face, in the face, in the face. And we want to cover it up. I know I went off on that, but I do that. You know, you when regular sports comes on, you don't know what you might get. But I tell you what you're gonna get right now. You gonna get a commercial break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. You bet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at youbet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, we're back in this derail of sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, uh, living like it matters, of course. Uh, let me give a shout out. Uh, I was in church this past weekend and, uh, uh, saw my big fella Skip McClendon. Saw him in church 
always uh see a couple fellas there at, at church uh toby wright's always there you know getting full of the spirit um and always daryl clack is always there too a few other fellas there in church too man trying to take care of their business trying to do some of the right things and uh be the best man we possibly can be so just want to give a shout out i'm a shout out to the bishop thomas so he'll know that uh yeah i know you from you know south phoenix bishop <laughs> Yeah, I think you played a little basketball back in the day. You say you did, but uh, I wonder if the bishop would put a ban on 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 tweeting. You know, with his with his deacons, with you know, with his you know, this his church uh, officers. If he would do that, you know, since in here Cincinnati, and you you know, Marvin is trying to do what he can to you know to to hold on to his job there in Cincinnati. And the Bengals, you know, Marvin has said to them, you know, outside of their foundation, you know, you know, promoting any charity event. He does not want his team tweeting. Now, I kind of got mixed issues about this thing here. Uh, You know, sometimes you ask for something and then once you get it, that's not really what you want. You know, you can go into a store and you could ask for something, you could buy it. And you can return it, you know, but it's different than, you know, if it's a liquid and you, you ask for it, you buy it, you spill it, it's done. You're not going to get your money back uh, with the exception of McDonald's. You buy a soda at McDonald's, drop it right there on the floor. Shoot, McDonald's will hook you up. But I just, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals are trying hard. Marvin Lewis is trying hard. And I think Mar- I think if you ask me, Marvin's job, and they may even have given him an extension here recently, but I think Marvin's job is in jeopardy. You know, I, I think it's time for the Bengals to do something else, you know, Marvin may go. But, you know, young men, and 30 is is young, you know, 20 is, is young, but these are adults. And I think you just have to you know, allow them to be responsible, but have consequences in place for irresponsibility. But I don't think you can just take a young person's rights away from them and tell them zero time. We, we don't permit that. I really don't even know if that's legal to do that. You know, if it's not a part of your contract and your employment agreement doesn't state that, you know, you are not allowed to participate in social media, then I don't really know. I think I think the union could actually step up and say something to him. You know, he's put a band on it. You know, how much did... You know, first of all, you're not going to be distracted with tweeting when you're on the field. I don't believe anybody's allowed to bring their phone. I think somebody tried it last year or the year before, you know, one or two people tried to tweet from the sidelines. But, you know, that just doesn't happen. And and then anyway, I think there was some type of regulation based upon the fact that, you know, again, the NFL has certain contracts. So with with the media, you know, there's certain contract obligations they have to be able to deliver the news to you first. And they pay for that. And so I think there's there's a certain amount of time that's required where you can tweet at certain times and there's other times where you can't. But there's a window there to protect those that have paid for the privilege of delivering the information to the public first. Now, let's go back to players. I'm on the football field. I'm in the classroom. You know, no, I, I agree. When you come into the classroom, 
film session, you know, meetings, no cell phones, no tweeting, no pads. You know, you got your pad, but not on. You don't go on Twitter. Don't do that. Don't go on Facebook and meetings. Don't do that. Okay. But once it's your own personal time, once the practice is over, you leave the stadium, you're in the comfort of your own home. Now, to say anything other than to call the coach a jackass, which, you know, he might be a jackass, but, you know, anything other than that, a stab at the coach, a personal, you know, or even to question a coach, you know, it's still media. You know, it's some form of media. It's social media. So you're still sending a message out to the general public. So when think about it, when you're in a locker room, you answer questions a certain way. Because, again, you understand that there's a company line of which you want to make sure as a part of a team, you stay within the family. And the comments of which which you disagree with, you do that within the locker room amongst family. You don't let dirty laundry outside the locker room. That's not good chemistry. That, that's not creating good chemistry for the team. Now, you don't always agree, and so that don't mean that, you know, yeah, well, you know, they're all robots. They're just trained to say things a certain way. No. What you're, do, what you're, what you're taught to do is to, to learn how to communicate and, and to learn how to be a good teammate. And therefore, there are certain things and certain concessions that you make. It ain't about you being right is what's right for the team. And that's how you create team chemistry. And so these things that you put out, it's almost like being in school. You know, I, my, my kids go to school out here in, you know, in Gilbert, Arizona, you know, and I'm, I'm wondering many times when if you got to send a permission slip home to ask if it's okay to teach a certain lessons of which some people might feel offended. If you didn't send me a permission slip home to ask me if you could teach my daughter calculus or if, you know, to, if, you know, then don't send home and ask me, can you, you know, read a certain book that's going to use a certain word that might offend somebody. If you didn't ask, if you didn't have to ask, can you teach her calculus or you didn't have to ask if you could teach her new media, you know, then don't ask if you can use, you know, teach a certain lessons that are going to use words that may offend them because goddamn it, it's offensive. Excuse me. Use the Lord's name in vain. I lost it on that one. But all I'm trying to say is, listen, the social media, if you got to stop and think about if you think about what happens if I do this and there's going to be consequences, don't do that. But also, listen, if you got to stop and think about it as relates to a show, I'm sorry, it relates to a meeting that you're in and you're discussing with your coaches and administrative is, do you think I should put a ban on social media and you're asking the coaches, if you got to ask that kind of question or if you got to think about it, you know, you're tugging, should you do it or should you not do it? Is it going to be distracting to the players or whatever? Then chances are you probably don't do that. Just, just, just understand that you've got a mature team and you're teaching your young men how to be professionals and let them enjoy the fruits of the new world. That's how things have changed now. You know, Marvin, they didn't have the, the Twitter when you were younger. It wasn't there. They didn't have cell phones when you were in high school, Marvin. So let, let it go. But, you know, do not. This, this is what happens a lot of times to professional athletes. Is when you put them in a bubble and they live life different than people live it. When I was saying you take that bubble 
of protection away from them and then they're out, out dealing with the real world. They don't know how to deal that a lot of times. It's a little different. I mean, you think about a lot of people that have been in any type of confinement or protected or guarded situation. When you step outside that comfort zone, you're a little paranoid about things going on. 888-346-9144. If you want to talk to me about that, call me. Because, you know, some people think that might be a little bit strange, but it's not. There are certain things that you do have to protect your players from. From people of the outside world sometimes that's trying to take advantage of them. You know, there's a reason why you bring your players into a, an area that's secured before the game starts. Even the night before games, there's many times... I don't know. All teams aren't still doing it, but certainly when they travel, they do it. But you know, and they stay together. You know, it's not like one person gonna stay to the Ritz Carlton, you know, stay at the Ritz Carlton and get the suite up top. You know, and somebody else gonna stay at, uh, you know, the Double Tree. No, you stay together as a team. You know, and the team picks up the expense of the rooms. Everybody, you know, we eat snacks together. You know, you get a per diem if you want to eat what you want to eat. That's fine. Bed check at a certain time. Make sure you're in the bed, getting a good night rest, good night sleep. Lights out, boom, bam. Check the room, you in there. That's all because of, you know, the research has shown that, you know, if you don't do that the night before a game, you know, history shows there's a chance that there's a couple guys who might do something that might affect the team. Because remember now, there were like 50, 60, 70 60, 70 guys came to camp, and we were down to our best 55. So this is the best team we could put together. If you do something that's detrimental to the team, you know, everybody's going to suffer the consequences. If we got you on the roster and we expect you to participate the next day, and you do something the night before and you're not there to participate, we got a problem. And so I can understand protecting players to a certain degree. But when you talk about trying to protect them, from what they might twit, just talk to them. Don't take that privilege away from them. Just tell them what is not going to be permitted. And I'm going to tell you one thing about players. <laughs> you know, hit them where it hurts. Money. Now, there are some guys that right now don't understand the true value of a dollar. That's because they got too many of them. But when they got only a couple of them in their pocket... They have a better understanding of, hmm, I only got a couple dollars in my pocket. When you got more money than you can count, then you, you got a problem. You can't put it right in front of you. You know how it is. You put your money in front of you, count it, you know. When you got more in front of you than you can count and you need some help or you don't want to have, you're afraid about having it all right there in front of you at one time. You know, if you look at it on papers, like how many zeros is that behind there? Whoa. Sometimes you lose a real sense of reality about that money. And then you, what happens is you just start spending that and not thinking about it. You start getting fines of $20,000 and $10,000. You know, who in their right minds would want a fine of $10,000 because of something I tweeted? Something I just said, a slip of the tongue? And it wasn't a slip because you did something and then you pushed send. But would you want to do that? So do think about that. Just go ahead and allow them to tweet because you, you're engaging the fans. Let the, let the fans extend the engagement of the fans. Don't take that away from the fans, Marvin. Let them tweet. If they tweet the wrong thing, inappropriate tweets, $10,000 fine. And double it the next time. Once you get one $10,000 fine, then it goes to 20000 
Once it goes to 20, it goes to 40. Once it goes to 40, it goes to 80. Once it goes to 80, it goes to 160. Once it goes to 160, it goes to 320. Once it goes to 320, you know, 640. They, they'll get the message. They'll stop. But don't take away the prayer we just tweeted. You know, fans like that. We like that. So I, I know I kind of you know, I, I just do that sometimes. I, I want to make sure that you understand it and you you have, you feel the same passion I feel about a subject. And I'm not going to bring it up if I'm not passionate about it. But don't take that away from the guys. I got to take a break here. Uh, Monk, I appreciate you. Let me know when it's time to go to break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters when we come back. Mike, Mike, can you stay healthy? Mike B, come on, man. I just need you to stay healthy for a season. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum, or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Mr. Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And um, I'll tell you what, I said I was going to talk a little bit about Mike Vick. And I, I do I do want to do that. Um, first of all, you know, yeah, Mike is not a big man. Mike's got a big heart. And Mike ain't afraid of very much at all on that football field. The man plays the game. Really, he plays the game the way we want him to play the game. You know, when Mike got hurt in the game last night, in the preseason game last night, uh, you know, against the Patriots, you know, 
Mike stood in the pocket. That, that's what, now listen, they can say what they want to say. They meaning, you know, those pundits, those people who talk during the game and then after the game and in the morning and even here on Voice America Sports. But here's what my concern is, is, listen, the whole thing about a mobile quarterback. Now, don't talk about the fact that you get outside the pocket. You know, if a guy moves his feet and he shuffles in the pocket, what the hell's the difference if he shuffles or if he makes a move on somebody to get out of the way? It is to extend the play and to prevent yourself from getting sacked. And at the same time, when you do that, now, yes, pockets are are set up to be in such a way that you want to block the men at a certain angle so that the quarterback can step up into the pocket. Well, do you think that the only people know that are the people on the offensive side of the ball? Don't you think the people on the defensive side of the ball know that as well? So don't you think that they're trying their damnness not to get blocked to the outside and, and create, you know, this pocket where he could just step up into? So sometimes the quarterback has to be a little creative improvise, create and extend the play so you can make a play. Michael Vick does that, but at the same time, what you want that quarterback to do is, I've heard you say this many times, you've got to stay in the pocket and you've got to take a hit. You've got to make that throw. you got to take it. You know it's coming. You see it in front of you, but you got to take that hit. Now, you can't say you got to take that hit, and then you can't turn around and say you can't take that hit. Do you want me to take the hit, or do you not want me to take the hit? Do you want me to make the throw, or do you not want me to make the throw? Do you want me to take off running, or do you not want me to take off running? You can't have your cake and eat it, too. You It's either one thing or the other. And the, what happens is somebody who is athletic, and here's the thing about it. It's not all quarterbacks are athletic. You know, most quarterbacks in the National Football, it's just like baseball pitchers, too. I don't know what happens to baseball pitchers when they get the pros. Well, I know what happens is, is throughout the journey, they stop concentrating on batting. But if you take any Major League Baseball player, when he was a kid, he was the best baseball player, period. The pitcher, he could hit, he could, he, he could pitch. You know, he was a great hitter when he was a kid, but he stopped concentrating on that. Quarterback has gotten to the point whereas... You know, you used to just be able to stand in the pocket. Well, the guys that were rushing weren't running, you know, sub four sixes before. They used to be big, fat dudes on the defensive line. Defensive linemen, with the exception of the Patriots used to have a big, fat defensive line for a while there. But, you know, they trimmed down a little bit. These are these are athletic men on the other side of the ball now chasing after you. And some of them surprisingly might run as as fast as some of the running, certainly as fast as some of the fullbacks. But maybe the halfbacks, the tailbacks, and even the quarterbacks every now and then. You know, if you got a quarterback like Michael Vick, it is not happening. Okay, if you got a quarterback like Tom Brady, you know, some people gonna catch it. Peyton Manning. Okay, <laughs> okay, some people, some defensive linemen will be able to run them down. But my point is this. Michael is doing the best he possibly can to be the best quarterback he can. Okay, so the frustration there of him getting hurt, you know, all that does for the fans is basically it it kind of like, okay, do we want him to run or do we not want him to run? The fans can't make their mind up, but Michael is trying to be the best quarterback he can. And listen, when he is healthy, when he is effective, he has a, he's pretty damn good. 
You know, he's one of those where you probably could bet your money and could he take us into the playoffs? Oh, yeah, he could take us to the playoffs. Ain't no doubt about that. Can he take us to the Super Bowl? Yeah, he could take us to the Super Bowl, too. Can he win a Super Bowl? Yes, if he gets there, he can win a Super Bowl. So, you know, Mike gives you a chance to make the playoffs, to go to a Super Bowl, and win a Super Bowl. The only reason why you think that Mike Vick can't do that is because you don't think he could last for 16 games because he's not the biggest man in the world. But one thing about a quarterback, you know, any great player, you can't be a great player if you're not on the football field. You have great potential, but you can't be a great player. You had the potential to be a great player, but you didn't stay on the field long enough. Your body of work, there's not enough of it there. So, yeah, yeah, he could take a team deep into the playoffs. He could take a team to a Super Bowl. He could win a Super Bowl. He has the potential to do all that. But is he going to be able to do that? We don't know because throughout these years that he's been in the NFL, he's only played one entire season. You know, and that was one entire season where not to say that he didn't get hurt, but he finished the season. You can still get hurt in a game, but maybe you, you know, you may come out for a play or two or you banged up and you make it through the end of the game. Maybe you run the clock out so you got a good running game going on. You got a lead, you know, or maybe you may even lose the game. But, you know, you finished that game and, and you stayed there for one season. Now, I'm, I'm here to tell you, you know, with my career, I was seven years, you know, I, you know hell, I, a hundred plus games, maybe a hundred even, because we went on strike to one year. But I, I'm going to tell you, it's not an easy thing to do to stay healthy for a full season in the National Football League. If you're doing your job, and, and you're doing everything you can to help your team win. If you're trying to help your team win at all costs and you have a disregard for your body, you know, you're not really thinking about, you know, me getting hurt. It's, it's about me making a play. Then, you know, chances are mm, you may not make it through uh, an entire season or consecutive seasons without missing a couple plays or, or missing a game. And so that's why in the offseason, players are spending so much time in the weight room. You know, they're, they're trying to get their bodies prepared for the, a pounding. You know, and it's it's one of those things whereas, you know, they're nagging and, and they're lingering injuries and pain. It doesn't go away. Hell, I'm still laying in the bed at night, you know, hollering in, in my sleep because my shoulder's killing me. You know, so they, these things happen. So Michael Vick has the potential if the Philadelphia Eagles, if it's going to happen, I don't know. But I can say, I'm going to say this. Michael Vick's inability to stay healthy is wearing on Andy Reid. When I watched that game last night, and I've known Andy Reid since he came into the city of Philadelphia, Andy's got personal issues, and we all know what's going on in his, in his personal life with the loss of his son. And God bless him and his family and friends and everybody else. But it's where you look at Andy Reid. I wish they could put some pictures up, successions, you know, of years of Andy. And, and, and look, he is he's aged so much. He's, he's, he's lost weight, but it doesn't look like it's a healthy loss of weight. His face, his, 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 his mustache and all that just didn't look right. And then last night 
when Michael got hurt and then there was a period where the guys, the defense didn't do, you know, what Andy, you know, wanted them to do with the, he did, they didn't meet the expectations and his emotions got the best of him. It's one of those things like, as you know, somebody who's been married like I have for as long as I have and thank God for my wife. I love her to death still with me. You know, but it's one of those things where when she's mad at me, sometimes I know she's mad at me about something I did 10 years ago. She ain't mad at me about anything I just did just now because that wasn't that big. And so when you saw Andy's emotion and and he and one of the players, you know, he confronted one of the players on the sideline. And it was one of those things where two big fellows was face to face. Another coach had to come in and break him up. That is as uncharacteristic of a display of emotion for Andy Reid that I've ever seen in his entire time that he's been a coach in the National Football League, whether it was up there at Green Bay or, you know, or whether it was, you know, when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles, I have never, ever, ever seen him react. Now, he may say, and he defended himself to the point where, you know, hey, you know, it's one of those kind of things. That was a preseason game where they actually played more of their twos than they did ones. So it made the game even less important for you in terms of what you could expect to accomplish. But yet and still, Andy, you lost it. And and I'm, I'm just and I think that there's some people that, you know, his, t- his support team. I'm hoping that they find a way to address that issue with Andy, because, you know, when you combine you know, the, the emotional roller coaster of a game, with some things that happen in your personal life. And this is this is going back because I talked about this a couple of weeks ago where there's some things that are unique to the profession. And then there's other things that are similar across the board. I don't care who you are. As long as you bleed, then it's consistent in dealing with death and mourning that death in the right way takes time. And he's going to be there's going to be times where he's going to be challenged. And, and how does he channel that emotion and, and make sure that it doesn't disrupt and shows his ugly face the wrong way? This, this, and that, I think that display, I think whatever it was, cause it wasn't that bad after all we won the game. Philadelphia Eagles, you know, I'm, I'm sounding like Heinz Ward, now we, <laughs> but, but the Eagles won the game and it was a preseason game. And see, in preseason, here's where I want to go with this. See, in preseason, that was one of his, one of his big fellows, so big fella ain't going nowhere. Big, you know, start defense attack. But in preseason, it's not worth that type to expend that type of emotion from a head coach in a situation where it doesn't really count. See, it doesn't count. So, so you don't extend that amount of emotion, you know, for something that's really irrelevant. Because if he wanted the big dogs, you know he's going to be there. You know, but but if it's for a player that's not going to be there, then you, you don't waste your time. You know, you try to coach a young fella, try to help him out, you know, but then you're like, well, you know, he's not going to be here anyway. But certainly the preseason, you don't see that type of emotional outburst from a coach in the preseason. So, you know, he's still dealing with some things. And so now what the team has got to do is they got to understand, you know, hey, that's not Andy. You know, Andy's not mad about what I just did. Andy's going through something. So what we got to do, we got to embrace him. You know, we got to say, okay, coach, we gonna, it's going to be all right. You know, we got to find a way to lessen the pain and allow him to grieve and understand it's not personal and it's not about this. It's about something bigger. 
And I think that 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 I talked about team chemistry now. See, if they can do that, that's going to improve that team chemistry and the Eagles are going to be a better team. And I think they're going to win one for Andy. I know I talked about the Giants a little earlier, but I think the Eagles going to win one for the big fella. Okay, we got to take a break. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in the studios in Phoenix, <laughs> living like it matters and having fun. Be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, my man James Loving. James has been surprising me. James been having some real great guests on the show with him. They've been doing an outstanding job. He he snuck Derrick Rhodes in on the show with me, uh, with him. Uh, Tony Dorsett, you know, got Emmett Smith coming on the show. You'd be surprised. I mean, after all, think about it. If you go down the lineup, you see that there are a lot of former NFL players that are here on the network for the purpose of allowing you, those people out there that have supported us for so many years, to have opportunity. I always tell you, listen, 888-346-9144. You can call, tell me who you are, or don't tell me who you are, but you can have a conversation with a player. There are very few shows, if any, that are global. That every day you can turn in and you got NFL players waiting there for you to call and talk to them. Now, you tell me someplace else where you can do that at. I'll buy you tickets for whatever game you want to go to. Consistently, every day, we got NFL players you can call here. You want to call a show. You want to talk to a player. Ain't a day go by when you got a pro player, at least one pro player on here talking. And you can have a conversation. Say what you want to say. He might have cost you some money. 
He might have cost you some money. <laughs> I didn't cost you any money. He might have cost you some money. Well, if we won, I might have cost you some money. But take the time out and do it. It's one of those things. Listen, I'm a fan of the game. I pay for tickets now. You know, most of the time I'm paying for somebody else to go. But I, listen, I pay for tickets now. Shout out to them boys out there in, um, you know, St. Louis where they pay for their own tickets. But a good group from St. Louis, Missouri, will be going uh, to see the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants because, of course, you know, they got a you know a boy from St. Louis and they want to be there to support him, or the Philadelphia Eagles. But but anyway, listen, if you want to call, just just call in anytime you want to. I'll tell you, I, I want to give a shout out. Uh, Darren Gray has got a book out. Uh, Darren has just been doing some fantastic things uh, going across the United States of America, just being a very uh, inspirational, uh, supportive individual, you know, living life the way we would all like to live life. A great example, uh, spiritual man, solid foundation. Uh, and, and he got together uh, with, a, with a player from the coast and they wrote a book called The Jersey Effect. And I'm going to have Darren come on with me. I believe next week he and I are going to talk about that uh, because um, Darren sent me the book and I'm, I'm reading portions of the book. Now, I haven't got a chance to complete the book, uh, but before he ever, ever sent that book to me, <clears throat> um, I, I have my own little thing. I don't call mine the Jersey effect, but there's another thing that affects you, too. Uh, that's a part of the uniform. And and I can just tell you. You're, you're a different person. It's almost like the locker room. You know, when you go in that locker room, when you're inside that locker room, it has an effect on you. You, if, if you, I, I don't want to go back to that, but it does. And certainly when I had a conversation with Darren and I, we were talking, I'm going to tell you what, when that jersey's hanging in your locker, first of all, just the mere fact that the jersey is in your locker and it's your locker. And it's your jersey. And the jersey has your name on it. Think about it. Wow. Wow. That, that's, that's all I can say. Wow. Really? And, and that, it has that kind of effect on you. And you have to understand that. You, you, you can't be like some people who, for some reason or another, I don't care what profession it is, there are some people who are willing to give more credit to different professions based upon what they perceive to be a challenge as opposed to something that's just God's gift. Everything you do was gifted to you by God. So let's just set the record straight, if we will. Everything that you do was gifted to you by God. Because you know what? He could take it away from you. And there's some people can't do anything. They can't move. They can't blink their eye. They can't talk. They can't walk. They can't see. They can't hear. You know, boom. So everything that you do is a gift from God. So don't say because one person is gifted athletically, that's a gift from God. That's nothing that he really worked at as a gift from God. Well, if you're brilliant, you know what? And you, you have a mind and you're intellectually advanced, then that's a gift from God, too. What would you do to earn that? You, you didn't do that. I mean, if you really think about it, and I'm talking about Darren's book here, The Jersey Effect. You know, if you think you had a choice in life, would you choose to do what you're doing? How many of you 
in this world really think that you had a choice in doing what you do? You, you, you really didn't. Because if, if you didn't have what it takes to do what you do, you couldn't do it. And where'd you get that from? Because I'm going to tell you what now, you can say what you want to say. I know President Obama, you know, got a whole lot of stuff going on, but I would be the president of the United States of America if I could, if that was what my choice was, if that's what I was chosen to do. Man, that's the most powerful man. in the, the, the one person that we will agree, if we like him or not, the president of the United States of America is always considered the most powerful man in the world. <laughs> Come on, man, I got a choice. I want to be the most powerful man in the world. You got one job for four years and for the rest of your life, you taken care of. Y'all talk about pro football players. Really? The president of the United States can work for four years and he taking care of for the rest of his life. Housing, bodyguards, money, food. If you're President Clinton, women, you know, come on. Come on, play football. First of all, you better be, you might make it four years playing football and you're not being taken care of for the rest of your life. Not like the president of the United States. You might get some gas money. And when I say gas money, four years, yeah, that's what it'll be, gas money. But the Jersey effect, we're going to talk about, I'm going to read more about the book and we're going to talk about the Jersey effect because I can tell you this, in a couple weeks from now, the effect that the Jersey had on some people, the effect of reality is about to set in when the Jersey is no longer on your back. It's in the locker room. It's got somebody else's name on it. And you now are a fan of that Jersey. And the reality of that, it happens like this. Uh, come on in, Mr. Ellis. Can you have a seat there? Uh, you saw Chad. Come on. That was reality. That It was reality TV, but it was real. Reality TV is not always real. Reality TV in the National Football League, that happened with Chad. When Chad walked in there, Chad Johnson, we walked in there. First of all, when Chad looked around, I, I, I hope you, he had a kind of crazy look on his face. I don't know how many of you remember that, but I do. His, 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 Look on his face was like, are you serious? Really? You going to really keep these cameras on now? Y are you really going to do the first of all, I got an idea what you're going to do. But are you really, you know, but Chad, you bought into that. But are you really going to do this with these cameras on? Yeah. Reality sets in. The Jersey effect is not always a positive thing. And that's my perspective because I haven't even finished reading the book. But I, I wore a jersey. I have a jersey at home. I know the effect it can have. And you got to keep things in proper perspective because if you don't, the jersey effect could be a negative thing instead of a positive thing. But you have the ability to turn it into a positive thing. And we're going to talk about that, Darren. I can't wait. Again, that's Darren Gray. And the name of the book is The Jersey Effect. I see the clock say I only got 30 seconds. Man, I, I wanted to talk a little bit more. Andrew Luck, it's not about luck. The man got skill. He got skill. And uh, I'm hoping the young man, <laughs> RG3 and Washington Redskins, I hope he got skill because he's in the NFC East. And I'm telling you, they chew quarterbacks up in the NFC East. But, Andrew, you're looking good, my man. We all proud of We ain't hating. 
We looking good. I know you took Peyton's place, but we ain't hating on you. Go ahead and do your thing, young man. Represent your university, your family, yourself, and have fun. And don't let that jersey affect you in any way negatively. I think I got to go, man. You've been listening to Rail Sports on the Voice American Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.